the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. I had a classmate when I was uh, in grade school. Uh, he was very smart, and he was uh, from a well-to-do family. He was rich, and boy, we liked hanging out with this kid. Why? Because we know when we go to his house, his parents are going to feed us, and we get to play with all of his toys. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, he could do no wrong. I have a lot of great things to say about that kid. You know, but, but the weird thing about it is that kid was genuinely a nice kid and genuinely, you know, smart. But it didn't matter because I was saying all these great things to him because of what I can get out of him. All right? That's a confession. That's how I was. And so were some of you. Maybe not you, but some of your friends probably are like that. That's how we are with God sometimes. Some of these guys who were waving palm leaves weren't necessarily impressed with who Jesus is, but they were impressed with what they can do for him and what they want him to be. One of the biggest hindrances we face in life that prevents us from becoming fruitful in our faith are desires that are in conflict with God's purposes. Desires that are not warranted by God. You know, not all desires that we have uh, is good for us. Any desire that glorifies only the physical needs are futile. Why? Because it quenches the Spirit of God. It offends God. And if the Spirit is quenched, it affects our walk with the Lord. If you don't have gladness or joy in your life, you can trace that in some desire in your life that conflicts with God and serves only the flesh or the, the, the needs of the, 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 the human nature, the physical needs of the human flesh. We need to deal with those desires. So when we have gladness and joy, that Jesus gives, we overcome those desires. I believe that's the only way we can overcome those conflicting desires. It's to have joy in the inside of us. Okay? Those, those attitudes, those emotions uh, that supplies the needs of the flesh will lead to nothing more but a futile attempt to replace the real joy that only God can give. So when we have true joy that comes from the Lord, we will denounce 
those desires because they are futile. The, one of the reasons why we're powerless uh, against the attacks of the devil and the flesh and the world is we just lack joy as Christians. We just, we just don't have that uh, in our faith. We have faith, but we lack the joy. We love God. We believe in God, but we're not experiencing gladness in our faith. How many people really will say that they believe in God, but you don't see any, any kind of rejoicing in them when they worship the Lord? You can trace that in some desire that conflicts uh, with, with the purposes of God. And it's, it's robbing them of true joy because those desires kind of replace, replaces the joy that God wants to put in. Proverbs 11.6 says, The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped in evil desires. Evil desires traps us. Why? Because again, it, they, they substitute real joy with superficial and sometimes even harmful Desires. Many of our desires are, are not necessarily bad. They're just unnecessary. And they do not bring true joy uh, in our lives. Those fleshly desires eventually will lead us to sin because we are not driven by the joy of the Lord. Again, in Romans 6.12, it says, Therefore, do not let... Sin reign in your mortal body so that they obey the evil desires. I don't know about you, but uh, as soon as this pandemic is over, you know what I'm going to do? I don't know what you, you're going to do, but you know what I'm going to do? You're going to love me for this illustration again. I'm going to go to the nearest steakhouse I can find. What is this about you and steaks this morning? Well, you know what? I can't go to a restaurant. Neither can you. And I'm kind of craving for that. You know that, you know that steak? You know what it represents? That, that, that steak represents sin. Because I know, I know I will have joy while I'm eating it. But two hours later, my, my gout will attack me. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be screaming. And I'm going to be weeping. And I'm going to be gnashing my teeth. All right, that, that's what's going to happen. And sin is kind of like that. You know, you, you rejoice in it for a season of time, but it's not true joy. Why? Because at the end of it is pain. Got to have joy, amen? You got to have joy. There's a second thing that joy does, and that is joy diminishes false doubts. Look again in verse 21. Uh, after Jesus cursed the fig tree, his disciples were amazed at the fact that he could just speak to the fig tree and the fig tree just withered. And they were amazed. And Jesus told them, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it'll be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. You know, this, this verse is largely misunderstood by a lot of people because when, when, we, when we think of this verse, we always uh, revert to that thinking that when we ask God for anything in faith, that God will do it. All right? That God will do it. Now, He does 
honor our faith when we ask, but not in this context, not in the context of this passage. This is not a prayer request made in faith. The context here is fruitfulness. Got to remember that. Faith without joy leads to a fruitless life. He was not telling his disciples, if you have great faith, you can do great things. At least not in this passage. But that's how we often look at this verse. The context here is lack of fruitfulness because of doubt. Listen, the fig tree here was used by Jesus to illustrate what dead spirituality looks like. The tree was full of leaves, but there's no fruit. The people who welcomed him and opposed him on that day where he entered Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday looked like they have all kinds of evidence showing their spirituality on the outside. But on the inside, they did not have the joy of the Lord because they didn't welcome Jesus as their true king. So Jesus says, if you don't want to be like that fig tree, you must never doubt me. Not only can you get rid of your fruitlessness, but you can also say to the mountain, throw yourself away. And what do mountains represent? Mountains represents problems and obstacles that diminishes our joy. How do we get rid of doubt? How do we get rid of all of these things? Go back to John 15, verse 9. Jesus was saying to his disciples, If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. He said in verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you, you may have joy and that your joy may be made complete. Remain in Christ. Stick with him. Don't doubt him. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not dead. He is alive. He is risen. Stay. Stay where you are. Don't move. You know what the word perseverance means? Perseverance means stay put. Regardless of what's going on. I really appreciate you being here this morning because that shows me perseverance. Not only is it raining outside... You're, 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 you're liable to, you know, to take a chance coming in here, and there's over 10 of us. We might get sighted. But nevertheless, there's only about nine of us here. So we're not breaking the law. <laughs> okay? But that's perseverance. You're staying put. I hope those of you who are streaming, I, I hope you don't take five trips to the bathroom during this sermon. There's a third thing that joy accomplishes, and that is joy destroys fatal deceptions. Fatal deceptions. Look at verse 41 in Matthew 21. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. Uh, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The entire nation, its people, Its leadership missed the point of Jesus' arrival on that day. The people were looking for a king, but they're looking for a king who will destroy the Roman rule. On the other side of the equation, the religious leaders 
were kind of worried because up to the coming of Jesus, they were regarded by the people as the, the bridge towards God. They were supposed to represent the righteousness of God. Now here comes Jesus, who was much different from them. And Jesus proclaimed the truth, followed by miracles. They couldn't compete with that, so they hated him. Why would you hate somebody who was pursuing the same kind of righteousness? The problem is they didn't have joy, like I said earlier. They were deceived into thinking that they have ownership of righteousness and that it's, it, it was up to them uh, to show the nation what righteousness looked like. Many of us also fall into deception every time we take our focus away from Jesus. Why are so many of us you know, fall prey to spiritual deceptions. You know, I'm not just talking about, you know, Christians getting involved in cultic organizations or getting involved in cultic practices. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about people who profess to a Christian faith, who claims to be the follow, a follower of Jesus, and yet their life is inconsistent with the fruit that comes out of the Christian life. Well, pastor, don't you think that those people who don't demonstrate the fruit of the Christian life aren't really Christian and their faith is not real? Well, I tend to agree with that. But I've also seen many Christians who have no doubt that they're believers, they're followers of Jesus, and yet, and yet they, they don't live the kind of life that's free and, and, and open to the will of God. Uh, what's going on? There's a spirit of deception. They're walking around. They do believe in Jesus. They love the Lord, but they're deceived and there's no joy. They're always frowning. They're, they're always negative about life. There, there's, there's nothing good that God can do. That's a deceptive spirit. If you're finding yourself lacking the joy of what it is uh, that that. That, that, that makes you a Christian, maybe it's time to think about the kind of, the kind of thinking that you're going through. Maybe there's a, there's, a, there's a deception there. Maybe there's a wrong way of thinking there. Because I can tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus, your faith is always followed by joy. There's joy in there. And I'm not talking about you not having times of of, uh, of sadness. I'm not talking about you, you, you being human, not, not ever uh, having a time where you worry or, 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 or you, you know, you're always constantly you know, faking a smile or anything like that just to show the joy. I'm talking about authentic joy. You know, I've been, I've been, as a pastor, I've been to many, many deathbeds. And I can tell you, those who trusted Jesus have joy in the midst of where they are. You can see it. You can, you, can, you can sense it in them. There's no fear of death. There's just gratitude and thankfulness to God. Loved ones, that's where we want to be. Not just when we're dying, <laughs> but every day of our lives, okay? If you're a Christian, you not only believe like one, but you also behave and live like one. Many profess to a Christian faith but does not have the desire to know the words of Christ. Statistics after statistics tell us 
that large numbers of Christians no longer believe or never have believed that the Bible is God's inspired and infallible eternal world, word. There's a problem with that. And you can trace that with a deceptive thing that is in the heart of, and minds of people. That had to be rebuked. That had to be weeded out. We need to get back to the Word and we need to believe in the Word. That's why there's no real joy. We don't remain in the Word of Christ. The Word of God is just like a, a, you know, a part of our lives, but it's not the main focus that drives our life. That's why we lack the joy. There are some of you probably here or listening uh, that your joy is not complete. And you have some joy, but you have like nothing more than circumstantial joy. Why? Because uh, you, you have been deceived, like I had been deceived in the past in my life, that I could have Jesus plus all these other things. No, Jesus says you, ha you have me and that's all you need. That's all you want and that's all you'll ever need in this life. Not Jesus plus something else. That's what brings joy. Why is it? That we don't bear the fruit of the Christian life? Because we're deceived into thinking that we need to add more to Jesus. Stay put. Stay with Jesus. Don't walk away from Jesus because of the situation that you're in. Don't give up church. Okay? Don't give it up. Even if we are in this pandemic, we're, 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 we're having church because our joy is connected to our fellowship. You know, it's connected to what we, we do and what we practice in our faith. Don't, don't forsake church because it's inconvenient. Don't give up praying for any reason. Don't stop worshiping. Remain doing good for Jesus' sake. And you know what's going to happen? Sooner or later, God will give you the joy and that joy will be complete and you'll never, ever turn away again. Continue to rejoice in the Lord even if you don't feel the joy or gladness. Continue rejoicing. But isn't that hypocritical? I don't want to be a fake. If I'm not feeling it, I'm not doing it. That's what we say. You know what you sound like when you say that? You sound like a 95-year-old person in a convalescent home who no longer accepts food. Their body is rejecting the food. That's the number one sign that the end is coming. Spiritually speaking, people who don't continue in what they do for the Lord in their service to God, in their worship of God, your spiritual look, life will look like that. It will reject whatever comes from the mouth of God. So let me say this to you this morning. If you're not feeling it, continue doing it anyway. God will eventually supply the feeling of joy. He always does. Joy denounces futile desires. Joy diminishes false doubts. Joy destroys fatal deceptions. And finally, 
Joy develops faithful devotion. Verse 42. Jesus said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Again, those who welcomed Jesus may have believed in Him, but they believed for the wrong reasons. Their devotion was situational. Uh, it's not real devotion. They honored Jesus for the moment, but their devotion was not founded on a solid foundation of true joy. It was founded on the need of the moment. You know what's ironic? I could remember 9-11, September 11, 2001. I can remember it vividly. I could remember that the first week after 9-11, people were strangely becoming spiritual. That Sunday of that week of 9-11, churches were packed. They were packed because people were fearful. They packed the churches. But guess what? A week later, everything was back to normal. Attendance subsided and people stopped doing what they're doing. What kind of a devotion is that? That's a situational devotion. You know? When, when, when something's going on, people flock for spiritual things, but when the danger has subsided, back to their own ways. And that's what's happening with this pandemic. Let me tell you, 9-11, people flocked to the church because they were afraid. Coronavirus, People left the church and stayed home because of fear. Right? Now, we understand why we're doing what we're doing. What I'm pointing out is this. After this pandemic, now listen to me, those of you who are comfortably sitting at home, okay? Pay the gas and come to church. We're going to worship the Lord as a corporate body once again. We're going to praise His name because we're not, our devotion is not driven by circumstances. Our commitment to God is not driven by our situation. We're going to be praising God up until the last breath in this life. That's my goal. I don't know about you, but I want to die. If I die, if God's merciful enough to cause me to die where I know I'm going to die, believe me, I'm going to be preoccupied with praising God. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do when I die. And I'm not trying to be holier than you. I'm simply saying, you know, I've, if you're going to be devoted, you know, I don't, I'm not saying you can be weird or anything. I'm simply saying this will characterize our lives in Christ. Not circumstantial devotion, not out of fear, not out of sadness, not out of uncertainty, but out of joy. Joy drives our faith. Without joy, there will be no desire to devote our lives to the will of God. Without joy, we will not pursue the will of God. And God reveals His will only to those whose hearts are devoted to Him. Don't even bother asking people about the will of God when you yourself do not have the joy to pursue it and discover it. Philippians 2.13 For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. The will of God is known to those who are devoted to Him. How do you know you are devoted to Him? Joy, joy, 
joy. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, Paul writes, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Who gives us the knowledge of God? God. How do you know you know the will of God? It doesn't bother you. You rejoice in His will. How do you know that you have true joy? You don't resent the Word of God. You rejoice in it. We cannot welcome Jesus into our lives without joy. Let me ask you this. Do you get excited about God's Word? Do you get excited about worshiping God? Do you get excited about the things of God? I'm not questioning whether you have faith or not this morning. My question is, does your faith, is your faith evidenced by joy? You cannot feel faith. The only way you know you have faith is because you feel joy. Joy you can feel. Faith you cannot feel. You can know you have real faith today because you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Lapson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. As a listener-supported ministry, they are grateful for your tax-deductible donations at livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.